driving and podcasting. Uh, I know the audio quality is not as great when I do this, but sometimes my day is just so bitty, bitty, uh, busy with four children, uh, multiple business responsibilities, um, a loving wife who I like to spend time with, uh, tennis activities, etc., etc. Then sometimes I just have to squeeze these in while I'm driving. So I apologize for the hum of the auto engine and the hum of the road, but hey. Uh, So I've been getting a little bit of feedback on the podcast since I uh, published it on my Instagram page. And the uh, four people who've made comments have told me they've all been uh, very encouraged by the content. They, They think it's good and they're glad that I'm doing this. Um, so I'm giving thought to next steps. One of the mantras that I abide by is a phrase which simply states, do the next right thing. Um, that's been my approach to business. That's my approach to software. Just iterate, 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 and do the next right thing. Um, so... With that said, I'm trying to figure out what the next right thing is because, as I mentioned to a good friend today, I don't want to be on my deathbed when I'm 80 going, oh, the church is so full of error and it's so full of hubris and organizational allegiance and it never took care of the widows and orphans and then never have done anything about it myself. Uh, that would be horrible. I would not want to be what, however old I am on my deathbed. Um, thinking that or saying that and then realizing that I never actually did anything Um, oh hey look a regatta a very large regatta in the bay Uh, you can tell I'm driving along the bay in Tampa Bay and heading to tennis because I got invited to play in uh, an event this weekend and I'm trying to scrape off as much rust as possible in the couple days before I need to go play. Um, So a reminder is that I am not a mini-messiah. That's one thing that I detest amongst the ranks of pastorpreneurs, and I've been saying this for about 10 years now, that they believe they're mini-messiahs. And they would never explicitly say that, obviously, because people would think they're loony bins. But... They do believe it because it's it's buy my resources, connect with my ideas, attend my conferences, watch my videos. And if you do those things, I will draw you closer to God. In a lot of ways, they set themselves up as being uh, almost kind of the papal system. They're the mediator between the poor slovenly uh common bums of the world and God Almighty. So I coined the phrase about 10 years ago to describe them in addition to calling them pastorpreneurs, uh, but referring to them as they have mini messiah complexes. So, and I understand it because it it applies in political realms, religious realms, any time you identify issues and are able to articulate them relatively clearly and you have action steps forward or ideas on how things should change, it's very tempting 
and understandable to then adopt the viewpoint that I'm the savior. Just vote for me and I will fix all the ills. Um, so it's very predictable. Very predictable of uh, human nature to do that. And uh, yes, you can go. You do have the right away there, Mr. Bike. Mr. Bike Man. Um, so I... I I'm definitely, definitely very cognizant of avoiding that as I take steps to do the next right thing. I think with that sort of as the foundation, one of the foundational elements for moving forward, um, if I look at history, politicians or the history of the church, it's pretty apparent that there's been a lot of people... <laughs> who've identified problems and then carved out new organizations or new movements in order to try to solve the problems. And the uh, self-defeating irony of that is quite comical to me. And for me to do then the same thing uh, would be rather hysterical. Every other place is wrong, so come follow my organization. Uh, just seems like the height of uh, unaware complete hypocrisy, um, which I think I mentioned in the last uh, one, last podcast or two. That's why I have never pulled the trigger on starting a church, because I equate it to Frodo. Um, you know, Frodo on a lot of levels we think of as being heroic and this great character who carried the burden, and but at the end he turned. He turned. He looked at Sam Gamwisey or whatever his name was, and he said... Screw you, I'm keeping this ring, dog. And, uh, yeah. He put it on, and if it wasn't for Schmeagel being even greedier than Frodo, the whole trilogy and hope and salvation of uh, Elfland and Dwarfland and Hobbitland would have crumbled in flames. So, thankfully... Uh, Schmeagel, Gollum, uh, was even more deplorable than Frodo and ended up inadvertently saving the day by biting his finger off. So, minus a digit. And I don't want to end up like that. I like all ten fingers. I have a two-handed backhand. Um, so I don't want some demon-like character gnawing off my finger in order to save uh, mankind. So, I'm not going to go down that route. So, no mini-messiahs. No logical fallacies that I am different and no repeating of the same errors that my organization will be the thing that fixes stuff. <laughs> so next step forward, uh, several people have told me that, um, uh, several people running the gamut of different people, good friends that I've known for 20 plus years, family members, uh, acquaintances that I've known for a couple years, uh, just random people that I run into and talk to me after I've spoken or said things. And there's been a consistent thread of uh, having some level of discernment. My wife just calls it uh, getting screwed by megachurch BS detector, um, which is probably the most accurate descriptor. Um, other people have told me that I have a relative amount of discernment. Um, a lot of people have told me that I have the ability to articulate things clearly. So 
without believing my own press and without inflating the ego with those compliments, but trying to recognize where my strengths lie and trying to figure out how to then use those strengths to the benefit of the saints, um, I think the next step is to continue with podcasting um, and trying to share uh, ideas and not always just critical ideas because that gets long in the tooth quite quickly. Um, so I think critique ideas where needed, but also um, provide uh, positive things, um, proactive things that that we can be doing. Um, because as I've said previously, I have zero expectation and zero hope that any pastor across any denomination. Is, has really any interest in changing the structure because the structure is set up to create an organization that then draws followers after the organization and the leader in order to suck revenue out of them in order ultimately to give the main leaders a comfortable, carefree, monetary, stress-free lifestyle. And it doesn't matter which denominational stripe you take, that is pretty much across the board the expectation for what a successful quote-unquote church looks like over the long run. So I have zero expectation that that will change because they have zero incentive to change it. Save some massive, uh, deep, widespread convicting move of God's spirit in the hearts and minds of Christendom's leaders, that will never happen. Um, So one of the things that I talked about with my friend today at lunch is, I don't even know if I used this exact language because it came to me, I think, on the drive home, but I think we have created inside of each individual church We've created systems which then require maintenance and we have labeled that maintenance as ministry. So every church has a worship team. Every church has a volunteer greeter team. Every church has Sunday school teachers. Every church has parking lot attendants. Every church has coffee and donut people. Every church has... Uh, maintenance people, facilities people. Um, So the system that's created with each one of these individual churches requires maintenance. And then we relabel that maintenance as ministry. So then the calls to quote-unquote be equipped for ministry end up being really recruitment for maintenance jobs with inside the church. And so I told my friend at lunch today, I've wholesalely, I'm beginning to wholesalely, and I'm not even sure if that's a word, but I love adding A-L-Y or L-Y to words to turn them into adjectives or at least put them into adjective land. <laughs> but I've begun to wholesalely reject certain categories that the American evangelical structure has set up as being biblical. And before you go, what the heck, you're saying that 
that ministry is not biblical. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the way that the system has created things that need maintenance and then calling that maintenance ministry, I'm calling that into question. Because when you think about it, the recruitment for quote-unquote, hey, I'm a pastor and I'm equipping you for the ministry of the saints. Then the recruitment for that is we need greeters, we need uh, Sunday school people, we need uh, small group people, we need coffee people, we need donut people, we need facilities people to lock up the building. Now, some of those fall into hospitality. Some of those fall into, you know, uh, meeting together, fellowshipping together, breaking bread together. But, but my question on that front is, why does that always have to have the stamp of approval of like, it's almost like a, a franchised Starbucks. So the church itself is the main headquarters. And then you, a group of Christians just can't get together and say, hey, let's all let's have twenty families get together on a Friday night. No, it has to be it has to be uh, facilitated and sort of have the official church approval in order to do that. Um, but even even aside, even aside, my contention, I, I would argue that I think Christians across America need to push back on this maintenance of the system being confused for ministry. And I think we really need to start asking ourselves some more specific questions along the lines of how does and what does the Bible define as ministry? What is the ministry of the Christian? And I believe when you begin to explore God's heart, not only in the Old Testament, but obviously in the New Testament, and I can't believe I just said God's heart. That sounds so... uh, teen mania-ish, but, but it's, it's there. I mean, God definitely has a heart for the fatherless, uh, the widows, the poor, the needy, the sick, the destitute, um, the outcast. And it seems as if Christ's ministry didn't, was not comprised primarily of maintenance issues. So if we're creating these systems called the local church and in order to keep them going, the majority of the saints' time has to be devoted to the maintenance of said organization, said local church, I think it really calls into question, is that biblical ministry? And if not, then what does biblical ministry look like? Um, so the, the idea that I threw out to my friend today was I, I, I'm con- becoming more and more convinced that Christian ministry involves care of orphans, care of widows, and associating with the poor and needy, the low and needy in our communities. Uh, here in Tampa, um, there's some defunding issues going on. And I believe, I might be inaccurate on the exact date, but I believe by the end of May, there's going to be roughly 3,500 orphans in the Tampa Bay area that are going to be homeless, essentially. And save a handful of 
friends at our church who are actively involved in caring for orphans, um, I haven't heard any other Christians talk about this. Now, I'm sure there are, uh, but it's not been a priority. The priorities are volunteer for this program that we have created as under the umbrella of the system of our local church. So that's food for thought tonight, and I, I'm giving a lot of deep thought to this concept that, that maintenance, maintenance of the system is being confused with ministry. And if that's the case, I really think pastors are doing humankind <laughs> a huge disservice. Because if, if Christians, Christian, most Christians that I know that attend church and aren't wrapped around the axle with all of the leadership crap and the power struggles and the manipulative games, all that nonsense, the dirty underbelly of the church, Christians that I know that are not wrapped around the axle of all that crap, they really do just want to serve the Lord. Hey, you know, I just want to look for ways to serve. And unfortunately... The only outlets for them to serve primarily are on maintaining the system of the local church that's been created. Um, so I know, I know, as I said, th th this will have zero uptake at the, at the senior pastor level. This will have zero uptake at the elder level. This will have zero uptake at a seminary level uh, because... It's just not part of the system. I mean, we're not, we're not just talking about the system of the local church. We're talking about the feeder system of seminaries and pastoral training programs and internships. We're talking about the feeder system that is really an evangelical industrial complex. In fact, my uh, good friend of mine, uh, a family member of mine, told me that he heard an interview with the lady who exposed Mark Driscoll's plagiarism. And she made the comment in this interview so to, to the effect that there is an evangelical industrial complex and you do not want to cross it because there will be hell to pay. So I'm not just talking about the system of a local church. I'm talking about the entire feeder system, the entire thought leader position, um, the system that is, that is duplicating pastors that think in these terms. Um, so I have, I have zero, is this, there, this, this idea will have zero uptake at that level because everyone benefits from it. Um, it's all a self-licking popsicle, but as I've alluded to previously, if, if I can convince one Christian through this lousy, stupid, depressed car noise background podcast, that the chief end of their life is humility between now and when they draw their last breath and that humility takes the form of service to the fatherless, the widows, the poor and needy, the destitute, the lowly, the outcasts. If I can convince one Christian of that through this podcast and then that Christian can convince one other Christian and so on and so forth, maybe, just maybe, the church would actually start looking like a Christian entity instead of simply and merely and depressingly mirroring 
the business world. So that's food for thought tonight. No mini messiahs. Uh, no Frodo savior complexes. <laughs> and ponder that. Ponder, ponder that. And uh, push back. Give me feedback. Um, like, not if you're a senior pastor. I, I don't want to have you say, "Oh, you're gonna take away all my free labor with this message." Well, great. I hope I actually do. I hope I take away all your stupid free labor, um, and actually direct your congregants to doing Christian mercy in the community instead of a bunch of what I believe is is primarily unnecessary maintenance work to keep your system propped up. Have a wonderful evening.